What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome. Friday night, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for us to have an unfiltered conversation here on the Unfiltered Experience. And we just appreciate you guys being here. And we are here to have amazing conversations that are supposed to open up your, your mindset, create opportunities for expansion, and to have a kick-ass life. I'm Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and I'm joined by the amazing, awesome Scott Goyette. Oh yeah, what's up, brother? How are you, man? Um, I am admittedly a little frazzled. I'm a little frazzled. I'm sure our, our I'm sure our audience can understand the fact that uh, when you have kids, that when you have an expectation of how things should be, and then your kid says, "No, I'm this way. I do things this way," that you have to find that medium balance of being able to breathe and be able to say, "Okay, I recognize the fact that I don't get everything that I want, and I have to allow him to be who he <laughs> needs to be." But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a been a few hours i've been downstairs for the last two hours playing trains and then i encouraged my son i'm like hey let's go through all your toys i mean he's got more toys right now than i had in my entire childhood and i'm like let's go through some of your toys and figure out what things we can donate because you're going to get more toys for your birthday you're going to get more toys for your christmas and he is opening the door to my studio and staring at me right now <laughs> what's up buddy i love you buddy have a great time go to the store yeah so uh <laughs> so so gonna, in response to that the funny thing is we're actually at a hotel right now just so we can have a five minute escape ourselves we're just taking a little night we're literally 15 minutes from the house just to have an escape the exact same thing so even though he's a couple years old and ours is 15 yeah just need 15 miles between you now and then <laughs> i know i know my wife just told me we're gonna go see chelsea handler uh in her concert or whatever you call it the comedic comedy talk concert when she found out that uh one of the moms for school is going to take jackson for a sleepover so we're gonna have a, an adult night so it'll be good there you go. yeah you gotta have an adult so, night here and there just to keep you entertained yeah. right so you're gonna get your freak on later oh scott's gonna there be a happy go. guy there you go you're gonna get bruises <laughs> and hickeys right i want to i want to talk to you tomorrow come on you're some of the most boring person you've ever met no, kidding? I've met you. <laughs> You're not fucking boring. Oh. Your wife ain't going to be walking right tomorrow. The unfiltered experience, baby. It's five o'clock somewhere. Come on now. Cheers. Let's go. Let's go. Look at him. He's blushing. I fucking got Scott Goya to blush. <laughs> my wine reflecting. Here we go. Cheers. See, I drink and I know shit. It says I know things, but I know shit. It's like I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. I drink and I know shit. Same thing. Holiday and Express, man, you didn't go for the Motel Six. No, I'm talking about the uh, the commercial. You know the commercial that says I'm smart because I stayed at a Holiday and Express last night. I'm not saying I stay at Holiday and Expresses. I stay, stay at Motel Six. Is usually you got a frequent flyer mile card for Motel Six, Super right? Super they leave the light on for you. Yeah, that's good. At least they have lights here. This place doesn't <laughs> have lights. Look. Yeah, it's dark. No, it's actually a tent. It's a tent. Yeah, oh, those are kind of nice. Actually, my friend went to, in all seriousness, my friend went to um, a South African, like a safari. He had to get like 17 different, well, you've been there. He had to get like 17 different inoculations and all sorts of shit. And he actually slept in a tent that was out in the middle of nowhere yeah. that had wild animals all around him. They had guards and shit like that. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, we're doing that. We're doing that in Tanzania in February. We were just looking at those pictures. It's uh, They're nice tents, though. They're, they're rhino proof. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're rhino proof? Not really. No, no I didn't think so. Because I saw them. They're a fabric. And I'm like, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. So how are you doing, brother? I, I, honestly, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again with all honesty. I can't believe it's already Friday. I know, dude. We we talked. You spoke to one of my classes. Six minutes two. transpired. Two. And two classes. Again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not one, two but two. <laughs> Not one, but two. Double the pleasure, double the fun. <laughs> the double mint girls. There you go. I tried to date them, but they wouldn't let me. There you go. By the gum. By the gum. They knew they were in for trouble. <laughs> I don't know. I've been married for now uh, 15 years. I've been together for 21 years. So my uh, my uh, dating days are over. Thank God. Go. I'm, a, I'm glad for that. There you go. <laughs> it's a little variety. It'll be nice. Actually, I, 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 I actually off camera, I have to tell you about the conversation I had with my wife. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. I was like, hmm, all right. Shit might begin to get interesting. <laughs> well, I hope and pray. I mean, Jesus Christ, I tried that once before, and then my girlfriend was like, No, I changed my mind. You know how that is. Like, <laughs> I think I'm gonna explore my other inhibitions. And then all of a sudden we tried to do that, and she's like, No, hey, racy race, stop. I think I told you about that, didn't I? 
I don't even remember, dude. I'm just 15, I'm 15 miles away from home and happy I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're on, you're on ecstasy right now. I could tell. No, I'm on a chocolate, a bacon burger and a glass of wine right now. That's where I'm at. Ooh. Wait, 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 time out, time out. A Did you just say a chocolate bacon burger? No, I'm on chocolate. A oh. bacon burger. I, I was looking, I'm looking at the chocolate. I'm like, I, was thinking, I just ate a bacon burger and I've got the wine. The bacon burger is gone. It's in the body. Yeah. It's processing right now. It'll be out at two o'clock in the morning. It'll be gone later. Yeah. You'll be like, ah, I got a headache. I got a stomachache. So anyways, thank you guys all for being here. Whether you're live or on the replay, we thank you very much for being here and supporting the Unfiltered Experience. And as always, if you want to become a part of the Unfiltered crew, go to www.theunfilteredexperience and uh, join our family and let us know what's going on. And uh, Robert Broker's in the house. What's up, Robert? Robert and I are going to be doing a men's uh, men's health uh, panel here pretty soon with Adam Duvall uh, from the UK. I was just on his podcast this week. And Robert's going to be uh, one of the guest experts on right. mental health awareness. So he says, chocolate and bacon do well together. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still alive. It's been five minutes in my body. I'm still making it. You're still making it. You look good. You look gorgeous. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know, as you know, that we always support this amazing organization called Help Heal Humanity. Serena Buffalino, uh, the CEO and the founder, basically created this organization as a way for going out and helping other people that are misfortunate and don't have food and shelter and different things like that. So I'm on the board of directors and we just appreciate you guys. When you get value out of these particular episodes, please go there and consider doing what you can do, whether you can vote or whether we vote. I was thinking about voting in my head, uh, whether you can donate or whether you can volunteer to do fundraising activities, anything you can do possibly is uh, amazing for us. Help Heal Humanity is an amazing organization. We built schools in Haiti. We've done stuff in Cambodia. We've done stuff in Hamilton, Ontario. We've done stuff in California. We're all about healing humanity and we need your help. I mean, right now, more than ever, the world is in a crisis situation and we need everybody to kind of step up and not point to what political affiliation you're associated with, what sexual orientation you're associated with, what religious association you're affiliated with. Because at the end of the day, when you split us down the middle, we're all the same. So we appreciate you guys. When you watch the show and you get value out of this, please do whatever you can. If it's a $5 donation, if it's a $10 donation, if you could sponsor a child, if you could do fundraising activities, or if you feel inclined to join the organization and become a board member or do something in another uh, supporting factor, we would appreciate you guys doing this. Serena is an amazing individual. Scott and I love her to pieces. And uh, it's nobody here gets a paycheck. All the board members, nobody gets any money. It all goes towards the efforts that we're raising money for. So helphealhumanity.org. Check it out. We appreciate you. And uh, with that, Scott, we have an amazing guest tonight that I believe you know. So I will allow you the opportunity to introduce her. Absolutely. Well, Chris, you know, um, just being a podcast host and being in the land of motivational speaking and coaching, there's a lot of people doing what we do. And there's a lot of different varieties and flavors and different ways that people coach. All can be differently effective depending on um, what your needs are. And a good friend of mine and a former student, Cass Bates, um, she told me about a coach that she said we had to have on the show. And so without further ado, we've got our good new friend, Kylie Bruner. Kylie Bruner, welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. You have no idea what you just got yourself into, but I see you have purple hair. I saw you I saw you on Facebook. You were going through the process. I'm like, fuck, if she has purple hair, she's welcome here on the Unfiltered Experience. So welcome well. here to the experience and thank you for being here. I'm excited for the conversation that we're going to have tonight. So tell us, since neither one of us know anything about you, tell us about your backstory. What got you to be here on the Unfiltered Experience with purple hair and as passionate as you are about making a difference in people's lives? Um, well, gosh, I've always kind of um, always wanted to help people. And I was brought up in a very, very abusive background. We'll just kind of leave that there. Very abusive background, very narcissistic situation. I ended up doing what I was supposed to do according to the rules around me. And I uh, spent a lot of time in the sales industry and I kept convincing myself that I was helping people. And in some cases like Cass Bates, yes, I, I did a great job helping, helping somebody. And that was fantastic. But for the most part, sales was miserable. Um, I had become a Reiki master back in 2003 and I live in this town, Georgetown, Texas, 
um, which at the time was very, um, it was much, much smaller than it is right now, but they were not, they were not ready for something like that. And I was very young working in a salon and was stifled. I was told to not talk about it. That was from the devil. I helped this woman get rid of a headache during a manicure. And she was like, you are evil. Like, <laughs> you helped her get rid of a headache and she I said did. you're evil? I did. She had a headache. I said, do you mind, if I, put welcome. Yeah, do you mind if I put my hands on you for a minute? And it just went south. And so she complained. I was working at the salon and um, I was never allowed to talk about it or use it. And I was 28 years old, which is young. You know, we'd listen to things people tell us to do. So I literally stuffed that in my pocket. And about a year before COVID, a year before COVID, it just really started knocking. It was like, you are not supposed to be doing what you're doing. I was miserable. I was a mortgage loan officer, miserable, getting fat, <laughs> sitting at my desk. It was, it was not anything that I, um, that I loved or wanted to do. And I started doing Reiki on the side at my house. And then I actually got a second certification in the newest uh, Holy Fire modality. And I'm a master teacher in that um, and just started. And what is Holy Fire? Let me know what that is. Cause I've never heard of that one. So Holy Fire Reiki is a new modality that came about in 2014. And it came in a divine download during a Reiki session to William Rand, who uh, teaches most of the Reiki Institute type of stuff. So um, it came in this download and Holy Fire Reiki is the healing energy that Jesus talks about in the Bible. So it's the laying on of hands. So it was handed to him by Jesus Christ and told how to um, empower the people to be able to use it and everyone, everyone can heal. So that's what Holy Fire is. Yep. Nice. And so what sets you apart from the other people that practice this modality? <sighs> Most people that practice the modality never actually take it out into the world. They stay stifled like I did for, I was stifled for 18 years. Wow. So they're sitting in it in their homes. They're using it on themselves and their children, um, but they're not sending it out. And I guess because I have the sales background and I'm not a recluse. <laughs> you don't seem shy. Yeah, no, I'm not shy at all. So <laughs> being in the public as much as I was, I have a massive amount of people following me and paying attention. So I can pretty much shift in and out of whatever it is that I want to do or need to do. And I will have, you know, I can go out and pull in what I need. Cool. Yeah. What's so, you know, I'm a Reiki master as well, um, among a million other things. So no, I'm just, uh, my wife and I are huge fans of you know, just getting trained in different things, just out of curiosity of why somebody practiced some, something, why does it work? I oftentimes will take a class just to not disprove it, but I might've had some um, lack of belief in it. So I just want to learn more. And I've done that with shaman training. We had a Lakota shaman we trained with for a year, um, did the Reiki. What's, um, again, so... Everything, off, obviously, you know, that comes with Reiki. So the difference with this one, this is just the power of Jesus Christ. It's pretty much the exact same thing of the hands of Jesus or? Kind of. Okay. Since you know the lingo and what happens when you go through the Reiki classes, you go through what are called attunements where sure. your Reiki master either stands in front of you or behind you, maybe puts their hands on you and draws symbols around you to give you the magic that you're going to use with Reiki. Um, with Holy Fire, you're actually stepping aside. Like the Reiki, the Reiki master is stepping aside and letting Holy Fire take over. So it's like a prayer and step out. So I'm not really absorbing all the garbage that, you know, if you're doing lots oh, yeah. of Reiki sessions, I'm not absorbing that anymore. And I used to before I did Holy Fire. Very cool. What, what happened to you when you absorb that stuff? It's just exhausting. Yes. You know, when you're when you're dealing, you're dealing with trauma, but not just the surface stuff that the people are talking about. You're dealing with the stuff they don't even know exists. You know, you're dealing with ancestral and <laughs> past life, past, stuff. past life stuff. Yeah, there's all kind. There's all kinds of stuff that comes up on the table. Hmm. So what are some of the biggest traumas that you've endured that you've been able to overcome? And what lessons did you learn from those? Myself. Um, well, the I, person behind you. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, I've worked, worked with lots of people who have endured lots of traumas, but myself, 
Um, I was I was molested as a child by wow. my by my stepfather. Mm. Um, I had to stay with him another three years after I told. Um, gosh, I could just go on and on. After he finally left, I was abused through the school from a principal for three years. Who, no fucking way. Oh yeah. The principal. Oh I yeah. Hope in, I hope he fried in hell. There's a fucking school named after her right here in town. Her? Yes. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yes. That's she, a twist. She was evil. I was nine. I didn't do my homework. I had um severe ADHD because I don't know if you know this, but people, little kids, when they're under trauma, it works with these hormones and it will create yeah. ADHD. So oh. um, I was a mess. I was taking Ritalin. So when I didn't do my homework, they wanted to hit me with a board every day. <laughs> in Texas? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right here, Georgetown, Texas. Yep. Shit. And so she hit me with a board and she would lock me in a closet on a regular basis with just like a desk, me and the door behind me and escort me to the bathroom like I was a prisoner. Weird. What grade were you in? That was fourth through sixth. She terrorized me for three years. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. So whatever happened to her? Did she get convicted? I mean, hopefully she no. went straight to hell. No, I never said like I never said anything to my mother about it because um, I told her I was like, my mom's not going to let you hit me. And she left the room and she came back with a witness and told me that my mother gave her permission. So for three years, this went on. I never said anything to my mother. I thought I was in trouble. So did um, your mother actually give permission or was she lying? Oh, I don't know. She, I don't know because my mom is, is a whole nother traumatic. She was, she always stood by when terrible things happened to me. She always like made me feel like it was my fault or I should be more worried about how the perpetrator or the person that did something to me felt about me. Than Are you what fucking I, kidding me? No, I'm not. Do you still have a relationship with her? No. Yeah, good. And it's good. actually like this is very this is very recent. So like today, y'all have been going through this. So I've been doing my plants, but my daughter just told me last night that um, she cut me and my two sisters completely out of her will, and that uh, she made one of my sister's nieces in charge of my daughter's money that she's giving. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How do you process that? I mean, how do you process that? Because it's important here on the show, we talk about being a victim or being a victor and the decisions that we get to make as a result of the experiences that we've had. I mean, I was homeless. I was beaten. I had all sorts of different experiences happen to me, but I realized through my healing and through my therapy that life is happening for me and not to me that I, if I was, if I was my mother and I went through all the different experiences that she went through, might I be like her? Of course I would. So how do you process that to not have that resentment and that anger and animosity? Um, you? I, you know, I'm not very, um, I have some resentment. Of course, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, just today, like here I'm coming onto this show. So I spent the whole day reflecting on overcoming adversity <laughs> you know, the whole day I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about my mother and the situation. And for me, like this is kind of, kind of beautiful and bittersweet because it's so new that there was a part of me, she's 80 years old that was hoping she might figure it out and be like, Oh my God, yeah, I'm so sorry. What can I do to make this better? That is never going to happen. It's not I feel you on that. So this is like, now I'm like, okay, this is closure. I really can just go, I'm done. And I don't have to have any guilt about it anymore. I love that. I mean, Scott's, Scott's been through stuff like that. I mean, all of us have been through stuff like that. And it's the important perspective to sit there and say, is that person going to change? I always wanted my mom to change. She was like, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And I'm like, that's bullshit. You could actually make different decisions. You could do different things. But when you sit there and realize life is happening for me. Yes. Okay. It is. And what am I supposed to learn from this? And how can I reposition this to be able to see that it's a lesson that's happening for me so that I can be able to pass through this and gain the next level of awareness and the next next level of, of love and consciousness? Because if we sit in that victim mindset, we're going to be all the, oh, it's their fault. It's their fault. It's everybody else's fault. Hmm, I'm a sick person and nobody, nobody loves me. So I love the fact that you're like getting into that realization and saying, you know what? You know what? 
that's their life. That's my, this is my life. I get to choose what I want to do. I get to choose how I move forward. Right. I mean, what do you think, Scott? No, I agree. And I'm, you know, we talked about this this week and this is something that um, maybe we can talk to the audience and talk to Kylie about is the idea of the whole thing of what do you tolerate and what do you, how do you separate from those things? Because one of the hardest things is uh, don't forget our identity is attached, attached to tolerations, you know? Yeah. So whatever it is, I tolerate the fact that I'm supposed to be this religion. I tolerate the fact that I should behave this way as a man in society today. I tolerate the fact that I'm part of this family. This is how my family treats me. And there's a point where you say, I won't tolerate that anymore. And I'm going to set up a new identity. That's the real me. And the truth is, it's really just peeling away old masks and old behaviors and ideas and revealing the actual truth of what we are. So talk about that a little bit because it's very freeing. And you gave probably the utmost example because breaking away from a friend, breaking away from a job, breaking away from a, a tribe is one thing, but breaking away from a person who brought you into this world and saying, I no longer tolerate is probably the ultimate. So talk about that. And what can you tell other people who are at the brink of no longer tolerating? Because I think that uh, people need to hear that who yeah. need to get the ties to something that they'll no longer accept anymore. True. You know, the, the truth is the relationship with my mother crippled me my entire life. It affected all the decisions I made about relationships I had, bosses that I worked for, um, whether or not I believed I deserved the money that I was earning. Like it was all of it. And Honestly, I don't even really know how much it was because even with this right now, there was more stuff that circled back around that I'm like, is my mom a liar? Maybe I think maybe she was a liar. Maybe she did give that person permission to do that, you know? So I have sat in the, oh, poor me. Um, I don't know how to get out of this. Um, felt stuck because she also crippled me. I lived with her for a very long time with my kid. And it was very like everything she needed me to do. I did it right when she asked me to do it. So coming away from it, like you have to, you have to be able to see how miserable you are and you really have to have a desire to not be miserable. You have to have a desire to have joy because it can't happen if you're still staying in that situation. You have to walk away from it. I don't care if it's your mother. I really 100%. don't. Because if somebody can't, you know, here's one of the things that my mother tells me all the time is that I'm one of the most unforgiving people she's ever met. And that I'm mean. <laughs> Pot, kettle, black. I mean, here yeah, we go. Well, and you it know what is, is I was so forgiving that I didn't even notice what was happening to me my entire life. Like I forgave and I forgave and I forgave. She thinks I'm angry about this molestation when I was seven, but that's not what I'm at. Like, that's just a thing. Now I'm already past that. We're overcome. It's the abuse and the, the holding holding down of me that was too much and if you're feeling held down if you're unhappy get up and walk away it's the hardest damn thing it feels like shit feels like shit for months dude months mm -hmm. it does but on the other side it's like sunshine and rainbows mm -hmm. <laughs> you know most, most of the time because <laughs> I, I try to share this a lot with people because a lot of times when people are you know trying to go through that initial separation um, you know this as well as I do. When you take that first step, there's a sense of massive aloneness. And it's almost like walking in the woods by yourself. Yep. And all you want to do is run back to the people. And so I would say this, that the whole world right now is we're all sitting down. And so we're sitting down in toleration of those things that have you know really held us back. And the minute we stand up, we're still connected to everything in the world. But now we're alone because we're standing up here. Tell me if I'm wrong or, or just you know share your thoughts on this. What I find is once I stand up, there's other people standing, but there might be some distance between me and them. So there might be someone standing there, somebody standing there. Those are the people of my new frequency. Those are the people I'm going to stand up and start connecting with. But we have to stand up and then we have to slowly move and start connecting to one another. But sometimes if we stand up too quickly, we'll want to sit back down and return to the comfort of what hurt us because yeah. at least we knew what we were receiving. At least we know, well, I, I, I dealt with this yesterday. I'm still alive. I can live with this, but standing up alone feels more scary, even though that's the exit strategy to really building a beautiful life. So, you know, talk about that and what that's looked like for you. Like as you're standing up, are you starting to connect or 
recall who you are and find those people in the same frequency? I have so much to say about that. <laughs> cool. I'm going to sit back and drink some wine and you talk to me. Actually, my family told me that I would die alone, that they didn't care if they ever saw me again and I would die alone. How old were you when they said this? Oh, like this was like a few months ago. This was uh, one of my, this was one of my nieces. I want to talk to your family. I, it's, <laughs> I'm getting mad now. I don't even know you. I'm getting mad. I'm like, oh. oh, my nieces have their own trauma too, because I have, I have two sisters that are seven and 10 years older than me um, that are not having a relationship with my mother either. One is diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic and the other one is a very severe bipolar disorder. Mm. And so she abandoned her kids. The the bipolar mother abandoned her kids and then they lived with an abusive stepmother and their dad. And this is just crazy. Their dad died. It'll be two years in January at the age of 51 from mad cow disease. Wow. Are you serious? It, they, wow. they diagnosed him in October. He was dead in January. It like ate your brain. So these are a couple angry little girls, you know, um, 20 something little girls, and they don't have anybody that they can take it out on. And I am definitely the scapegoat of my family. So if somebody wants to chew on somebody, I, which is weird because I'm the meanest of all of us, if you jack with me. So I don't know. I don't know why that is. But the purple hair. Yeah. The purple hair. I love my purple hair. Like I, I love it. I saw you. I saw your I like pictures. It. I like it. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why I ever let it go. If you darkened it just a little bit, it would have. Because our blue and the old filter experience is kind of a purplish blue. Yeah, you're pretty close. And actually, it I'm is, catching some purples and blues from Chris's background. I'm feeling kind of upset that I didn't bring any purple to the table. I, I like know, right? Out. I mean, there's purple everywhere. <laughs> look around. There's got to be something. Hold purple. your breath, Scott, for two and a half minutes. Just hold my breath. You, you'll just turn purple. You're purple. <laughs> Okay, you guys so, keep talking. I'll just do some breath work and holding my breath. I'm such a dick. So once you start standing up, you know, it's funny because that kind of started for me within the last year, kind of during the breakup with my mom. I started really realizing all the other little relationships I was in that were my mom. So yeah. I started like, I'm done. We're not doing this anymore. I don't like the way you're talking to me. And I don't have, I, I'm going to put myself in a different position. So I just started knocking people away, which yes, it does feel like you're going to be real alone if you keep doing this. And then you start going, what am I doing? Maybe it is me, you know, especially if you're raised by a narcissist, you're gaslit all the time to believe that it's your fault that things are happening. But every time I make the right decision for myself, the universe rewards me immediately. And you feel it, don't you? Do you, yeah. do, you, do you notice do you notice when you when you make the right decision and that friction dissipates from your being and suddenly you're like something feels good that's when well, you know you're on the right track for me it's usually i'll say no to somebody or send them off and then a new client that i've never even heard of found my name in some weird stupid way and i've got another package deal so it's like i just keep looking at my husband going I gotta be doing something right because I'm mm -hmm. getting rewarded every time I do this. So um, eventually, that starts happening. The, the feeling bad about it goes away, and you start getting this. And I'm really starting to hone in on who I want to hang out with more. Who I don't want to hang out with. We haven't really found our people. My husband and I haven't really found our people yet. We're being very picky about that because well, you, you got know, me and Scott now. <laughs> you know, you we're, can we're, at, we're, we're party animals, but we're still good people. Yeah, I love I love it. I love yeah. it. But you can look at somebody in the five people that are closest to them 100%. and you can tell everything about where they're going to end up in life, how far they're going to go. 100 percent. I mean, if you're the smartest, smartest person in the room, you're you in the wrong room. room. So I'll share something with you since you don't know my story. Um, and thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being vulnerable on this. I mean, that's what this conversation is about. This is an interview. This isn't a show. This is us yeah. talking and people are eavesdropping on us. And uh, so when I think about what you're talking about, you know, I was abused physically, mentally for my entire life. I was abandoned by my, my real father. I never knew who he was. He was actually a married guy with a family of his own. My sister had a different dad than my mom and she was a bitch. And it was like all this crazy stuff, physical, mental abuse was homeless from 13 to 17 and was seventh grade dropout, tried to kill myself twice, 
had a gun put to my head, all these different things that happened. And ultimately when I got to the point where I was like, you know, I was on my healing journey and I was like thinking about, okay, why do I hate my mom so much? Why am I so angry with her? And she would sit there and tell me like, I did the best I could. I'm like, the fuck you did. You didn't do the best you could. You could have done this. You could have done this. You could have done that. But then when I stopped, and this is, this is a critical point in my healing journey, really. I mean, I swear to God, when I stopped one day and I said, if I went through all the experiences that she went through, if I had all the people in my life that she had, might I be like her? And as, and, and immediately I was like, fuck, I don't want to say yes. But I knew I had to say yes. Would I be like her? Yes. So did that allow me to have compassion and empathy for her? Yes. Did it allow me to kind of step back and say, okay, if this is all happening, why is it happening? And what can I take from this to make it better? And so ultimately, like you were saying, I was in a position where I literally tried to kill myself twice. I sucked at it. I had a gun put to my head. I thought I was going to get my brains blown out. Literally, it's no joke. I thought I was gonna, the guy was going to pull my trigger and I was like, I was going to be dead. I was like, okay, gonna, she's going to figure out what to do without me. But that didn't happen. But ultimately, I got to a point, a fork in the road where I had to say, am I going to go out of this in a pine box? Am I going to go out of this in the back of a police car because I was doing bad things? Or am I going to finally step up and take responsibility for my fucking life, yep. do what I need to do at 17 years old? And I felt horrible because my mom was the only person in my life that, that I, I stuck by her. She stuck by me. I mean, she used me a lot. But ultimately, I got to that point where you said you have to make a tough decision. I got to the point where this opportunity showed up for me where I could live in an apartment in Huntington Beach here in Southern California. And I went back and I told my mom, hey, mom, I got this opportunity, blah, 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 me and Robert Keith. And I thought maybe for once in my fucking life, she was going to say, you know what, Chris, I've screwed you up enough. I've pulled you through all this shit. We've been homeless with 18 cats and two dogs. I've, you dug through dumpsters for me. You, you quit school. You don't have any friends. You missed. Uh-oh, he froze. He does this sometimes. He's just he just sits there and freezes. It's a thing he said. I, I froze. Yes, oh, he's yeah. back. Yeah, he does I just that. I just realized I froze. I saw the I saw the little thing. My internet's been screwy ever since we fucking installed those thermostats that go for the wireless. So don't do that shit. You, you either got um, or you got a show. You know, you got to pick things, Chris. Yeah, what do you want? Exactly. You want to have a show. Exactly. So ultimately, when I started realizing that life was happening for me, and I I made that decision, what was crazy is that I got stronger, but also my mom got stronger. And so yeah. from yeah. that result of me being strong and, and drawing my boundaries, which is what we're talking about right now, all of us should have personal boundaries. We should all have values that we subscribe to and say, is this aligned with my values? Yes or no. If it's not, then we say, no, we have to wish you well. I never wish my mom perfectly well, but I said, Hey, listen, I got to go take this opportunity. And I went out and I took a chance and I left her. She called me every name in the book. I was scared shitless. It was the first time on my own. I didn't know anybody. And I was like, I'm going to take this risk because otherwise I'm going to wind up in a fucking jail or I'm going to wind up dead. And from that risk, I wound up meeting people. And like you were saying, when yeah. you're ready for something, God source universe as God has taught me so eloquently. Well, when you say, yes, I'm ready to do this thing. God source that puts that thing in front of you and says, are, are you really serious? Here it is. And so I think if I did not pick that choice at that point, I would probably be dead or in jail. Literally, I believe I get fucking goosebumps every time I say it because I know I was on that path, like literally self-destruction, everything else. And from that point forward, she got stronger. We became friends. We had a great life together for a while. And then all of a sudden her cycle repeated, her insanity repeated. And I had to go through it with her at a different point in my life where I was able to help her. And I don't regret any of it because I sat there and I held her hand when she passed away. And you know, it's, 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 when we think about life is happening for us and the, all these obstacles and these, these challenges, when we shift our perspective to say, it's not happening to me. I don't want to be a victim, which I'm proud of you for saying there's so much abundance that can come out of that. Like I'm a loving person. I love my son. I love my wife. I love all people, races, colors, eth whatever it is. I love all people. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the fact that I took that responsibility for myself to say, Hey, listen, I'm not going to be a part of your shit show. I'll still help you, but I'm going to be distanced from this, even to the point. And I want to share this with you, Kyla, before I, I end this, I wish my sister. Well, my sister's seven years older than me, different dad. And when I was nine years old, she left. She's like, baby brother, I have to go. I can't stand mom anymore. And she went to live with her her father and his new wife. And I thought, man, she's gonna have the best life ever. She's gonna be fucking successful. She's gonna have the best. I went through homelessness, dicking through dumpsters, living in a car with 18 cats and two dogs. And then when I reunited with her in 2005, she was more batshit crazy than I was. She turned out to be exactly like my mom. I'm not, I'm not kidding, Kylie. I'm not kidding. She turned, she had the same fucking amount of cats. She had a bunch of books. She blamed everybody and everything for her problems. She went to the same profession that my mom went into. I'm just like, baby brother. She asked me, I swear to God. She goes, baby brother, how did you turn out? Like, how did you not turn out like mom? And I looked at her dead in the eye and I said, I chose not to. 
I read autobiographies. I, I studied personal development. I got around the right people. How did you not, how did you turn out exactly like her? Because you hate her. And so that image was in, in like embellished in her mind. And it was like, Whoa. And so finally in 2005, I just sit there and say, you know what, as much as I wanted a family, as much as I wanted us back together, I had to wish her well. Cause she was in her fucking own shit show. And I was like, yeah. I'm not going to do that to myself ever again. And I, and I, I hate to say it because she could be an aunt to my son, but adios motherfucker. I mean, that that's how, that's how it goes. You know, like my sister, my sisters aren't capable of any kind of actual, it would, It'd be crazy. They're probably watching this because I'm sure my, I know there's, I know there's a hater on my get page. Your shit to set, get your shit together, people. I know, I know there's a hater on my page that has been showing my mother some of my posts. Um, Cause my daughter came home the other day and was like, Graham questioned me about, I had a post about this chest that I had brought home. Um, she had given to me. It had been as a toy box in my bedroom, my entire childhood. It was made by my great grandfather on my dad's side of the family. My dad doesn't really know the story or remember that we had the chest, but I think it was given to my mother when my first sister was born. So, I did this huge post about how I, you know, it's been sitting in my garage for months. It was awful. I saged it. I like stared at it. I'm like, I don't know if I can bring this into the house, you know? And um, so I sanded it and I'm working on it. And it was a whole post about sanding, standing out there and sanding away the trauma, and the patriarchal programming and all of the stuff. And my mother questioned my, and she's like, I don't understand why she thinks that toy box has trauma in it. You know, it's like, why are you even having that conversation with my kid? Somebody on my Facebook, one of my friends is showing my mother these posts. And I'm like, A, you're not my friend because you're trying to start shit. And B, you're not her friend because why would you want her to see that? I don't have her on my page specifically. Exactly. I'm not doing what I'm doing or making posts to hurt her. I'm making them to tell the truth about who I am. And my truth is very, very different than what my mother's is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about what you're doing now with your daughter to shift the, the, the trajectory of what's going on and how you're fixing the fact that those generational cycles that they think they're going to continue to happen. Like the physical abuse in my family. My mom told me one time, she goes, don't ever become a parent. I'm like, why? And I never really intended to become a parent. I have a five-year-old that's about to be six, amazing human being. She's like, because the cycle of abuse continues in our family. I'm like, no, you fucking chose to hit me. You chose to hit me. And the God's honest truth, at both hands up on a Bible, I swear to God, I've never spanked my son. I've never hit my son. I have talked to him cursely, but I have never physically hit him. And I know that I've broken that generational cycle because now he's six, almost six years old. So yeah. talk to us about talk to us about that journey with your daughter and yourself and what healing modalities that you've found to be the best for you to separate yourself from that trauma that you experienced before? So for myself, um, I do a lot of study into the chakras. Um, I also became a certified personal trainer. I'm a yoga teacher. I did nutrition. I mean, the whole thing, because I'm like, if you want to be healthy, you got to be healthy all the way around the spectrum. My body's good. You can't be healthy one way and think that you're healthy. Um, everything else will will crash if you're not holding up at least a little bit of everything at the same time. So um, for me, exercise, definitely uh, mindful movement with with yoga. I'm usually working with chakras or parts of the body that are out of whack. So when I have stuff happen with my mom, my lower back will start hurting because that's our root chakra and that is basic trust. So I will stop trusting myself and other people and everything when I'm dealing with her. So I sit in the moment, I figure out which part of my body needs the work and um, I'm in my healing space right now. And this is, my husband will even retreat here when he's having bad time, but I will, I will come and be in here and I will do yoga and I will do Reiki I will do, I've got tuning forks behind me. I'll do sound treatment, essential oils, like everything, nutrition, herbs, all of it. With Carson, my daughter, every day I run Reiki. I get up in the morning. I do gas ho. What's that? I've never heard that before. It's a medication. That sounds, that sounds like a, a bad thing. 
It's a gas. It's gas ho. <laughs> yeah, ho gas. It's, gas a, ho. it's a Reiki meditation that you do every day that talks about how you'll always be peaceful and you won't, you know, that you'll always be love and light and all of this good stuff. And when I do that, I run Reiki on myself. I then send it out through my house very slowly through each room. If there are people in the house, I work on them in their beds or in their rooms. Um, if they're not in the house, after I'm done with the house, I spread it out into the yard. I push it out into the universe. I will heal my family members out there. And then I will send it out to everyone else and hopes to attract who needs me um, to come to me and be able to find me and to hold back whatever is not going to serve me. And ever since I've done ever since I've started doing that, it's just been when you take 15 minutes to put into motion what your intentions are in the day and the energy that you're putting out there, it will change everything. Kylie, I have a question for you. And um, I think it might res comment first a comment and then a question, but I think it will resonate. So I'm a big fan of the same idea that, of course, you know, everything that we're putting out is energy and making sure we're supporting people. Um, again, the reason Reiki works, of course, you can do a remote or with a person, uh, regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, I always talk about the exact same thing, and I help. I think it helps people get a visual. But if this is pure consciousness, God created universe, and it's about to expand in that expansion and the creation of everything that is, we see it's kind of like a breath and we can use the same thing as a breath. So. Yes. In this breath, seven and a half billion people, all that is seen and unseen, all that exists. I think a lot of people have a difficult time conceptualizing what Reiki or any other modality of healing can be that's not like Western medicine, like an operation or a surgery. But really imagine this. And I always ask the same simple question before somebody questions Reiki or questions any kind of shamanic healing or any kind of prayer or meditation or anything. If there's one thing that we agree to was there. So if there's a God and God created, if there was consciousness and conscious created, if there was source and source created, where did it create from? And if that's all there is, the person logically has to say from itself. And then I say, well, if it created from itself, what are you? And then people get real uncomfortable because I'm like, well, what are you if source created from itself to create you? What are you? And then that's where people get uncomfortable. And so here's the thing. <laughs> Well, you are source. Like I have, I have a friend right now who's religious. Well, no, he's not religious. He was very religious. He studied the Bible a lot and he went through a lot of childhood trauma. You guys would dig him so much. He might well, I'm on the show. He okay. might be watching. Um, he actually, he talks about the Bible all the time and the meaning behind it, because what he did was he actually read the Bible from cover to cover. And most religious people tell you that if you've read the Bible from cover to cover, it makes it very, very difficult to buy into the the horrific things that happen in it. Mm -hmm. And he goes on and on about how there is no hell. There is no there is no torture. There is no punishment for not doing what is expected of you by your parents, by the church, by whatever. You are source. You are ultimately all of that you are connected yeah. you need the so, church so, and, and that's, that's the point and like when people start thinking like reiki or any kind of healing modality is weird think of this if you're if your extension or perspective point or fractal source here creating this world with every other co-creator which is the same exact thing it's it's a part of source if we're here co-creating together then why wouldn't i be able to remotely hear you or why can't i you know i love what you were saying earlier where you're like when you start freeing yourself from your mom or from old identities or old pieces, what organically happens? A lot yeah. of people go, it's magical, it's it's coincidence, it's serendipity. No, it's step one of manifestation because you're doing what? You're recalling your truth. Like people are all freaked out about, they read the secret and they're like, I'm gonna manifest by going to this mansion and saying, I can have it because I believe it. Doesn't work like that because you no. don't believe <laughs> the only, and, and that's what I want to get people to believe right now and, and recall is if this is the first day of you recalling what you are, what you yeah. really are, I am that I am. If you're ready to start processing that thought, once you can do that, the reason magic happens is because you are creating the magic. So you spoke it. Talk more about that. How do you how do you plan to continue to remove yeah. those old pe pieces of identity and allow that magic to come from what you really are, because we all need to hear that. Oh gosh. Um, 
I mean, I'm just, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm going to continue doing. Like, it's so like, I don't know when it's going to circle back around. And when it circles back around, I don't know what I'm circling back around to. It's like a whole new, wow, never thought of that part of it. <laughs> so um, what, do, I, what do you want to create? Like, I, I guess that's the thing, because Chris was saying yeah. earlier, too, what you focus on becomes your reality. So a, a simpler True. question is, you get it, your source, your, your perspective point of, point of source. What do you want to create? Because once you say it, it's going to happen. So let's say it right here. What do we all want to create? I want to create real shift for people. Sweet. Are you going to do it? Or don't do the how. The universe will give you the how. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I have a million hows and I always yeah. get all these new hows. So the universe sends them to us. So we don't no need to do the why. The universe, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? We're talking the about train the train station right now. What do we want to create? Oh, yeah. yes. So I want to create lots of healing for people to be able to shift. Um, but the main thing I really want to create is an army of healers. Yes, I love that. I love that. And my question to you is thinking about you talked about your husband a few times. How does your husband interrelate with your experience with your mom? And how does that come into play in your relationship now? Because I know that me, I've had like I've dated like girls that had normal childhoods and everything. They couldn't understand the fucked up situations that I've been through. And then I met my wife and she's like, okay, I get it. I understand. She didn't go through the same situations, but she was able to understand that. So how's that relationship with your husband? And what ways have you been able to build that bridge for him to understand what it is that you've been through and what is more importantly, what is it you're doing now? Well, he's fucking awesome. So we'll just yeah. start with that. What's his name? <laughs> his, name his name is actually fucking awesome. <laughs> his name is um he actually we met when we were 39 so he had just literally just split from an 18 year marriage so i was really terrified of getting involved in that anyway i had just split from an abusive situation with a two-year boyfriend that i had had um so it was it was scary but oh my god he's so awesome and i don't like he really is the start of me understanding my value yeah like he valued me in a way that i had i had never known before so i like, validated you yeah i know yeah. because he he did he he taught me my value and we talk about we talk about all of this and um his relationship with his ex is she's very narcissistic too so we live a whole nother narcissistic situation over there um but we're always around narcissistic something. <laughs> and in some cases, there's just no way out. But now we have built to protect that. He actually took my last um, Reiki one and two class. So he is Reiki. He's Reiki two certified and he'll be taking my next three class and will become a master with me. Do you give him an easy A? No. Well, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's there's no extra later. <laughs> but, but, but do you kind of hold him back in the last minute and say, do you deserve this? <laughs> no, no, but that has been having him become Reiki yeah, empower has has been really weird because Reiki. What's interesting about Reiki is it lifts the veil for everybody. It lifts the veil. It makes things clearer. It makes decisions easier to make. It makes things that suck easier to handle. It <laughs> It just pulls away the bullshit. And so he's like, right now, he's like, I just can't. Like, he's walking around the planet going, I'm seeing this kind of behavior. And I'm seeing mm -hmm. this. Now I just can't unsee it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so much. There's so much bad energy running around out there right now so that. True. If you're in tune, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and laugh for like five minutes and just do a weird like heckle because I hear that so much. It's insane. Yeah. It literally like, uh, you know, of course, you know, what we have to do. And I always talk about, you know, finding the peace in the midst of the chaos. Yeah. I mean, I'll go play basketball. Like you said, it's mind, body, spirit. I'll eat the right thing. I'll drink enough water. Yeah. I'll meditate. You, I'm, I'm constantly jumping to something going. I need my spiritual side crest. I need my emotional side to work through. I need my 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 physical. And because it, when when the senses are amplified and turned on, the exhaustion is is, is deep. And to your point yeah. of like, you start getting that empath thing and you get drained. Yeah, it's a new challenge. 
be a coach or somebody who's helping people to experience the shift, or I always call them the word, find your brilliance. But when you're trying to help people find their brilliance, it's really depleting where it, it used to, be, I'm going to give you a, a little example and you'll resonate yeah. with this from a, a professor standpoint. So I teach at Austin's community college um, is one of my house, my vehicles. Okay. Two years ago, two or three years ago, just before COVID, if I had 36 students, I would have one or two would have a problem. And when I say a problem, parent passed away, there's a sickness, um, something that I'm, I'm dealing with. So out of 36, if I've got three classes at most, I have six students. Now out of those 36, probably 32 have a yeah. very serious problem. Like I'm losing my mind. I don't want to live. A parent died. getting oh. Like legit stuff. So yeah. it went from me being a professor where I walk away to just like right now, I can pick my phone up this second. There'll be three texts on there. There was something going on. So yeah. that was that was to me like a side, you know, one thing that you're doing plus the other things when everybody is coming at you and you're trying to maintain your sanity, you know, as well as I do, it's a new game. So the veil lifting is a beautiful thing and it's empowering, but it's, it's a whole new balance. It's kind of like yeah. a standing in a hurricane wind and you used like to your stand, butt ass naked. Yeah. You used to stand like this now you're like, oh, straight up. I have to stand like this just to deal with the wind. Right. It's a lot. Yeah. How are you dealing but, with all that? Cause you must be feeling the same stuff. Me, I just every day, every day, Reiki. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even kidding. I also use like, I don't know if you have y'all heard of Hertz music. Mm, I've heard of. I do a lot of frequency music, like Sofelgio yeah. frequency and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah I share that. Binaural beats. I mean, that's the same thing. Hertz. Yeah, like, yeah that's some that's of it different. too. Okay. It's Definitely. different, different Hertz levels. But yeah. you can basically go into Google and you can type in Hertz music for anxiety and you'll sure. have 12 of these sound frequencies pop up. Hertz music for making money. Like, yeah. I mean, oh, they're all there. Is that like binaural beats where it's like two different no, frequencies? It's, it's, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's different. So, Chris, when I'm doing my meditations, you know, taking those meditations and I tell you that reprogram your subconscious mind, they're this. It's the same thing. Okay. So the gotcha. music I have in the background of me guiding the meditation is this, what she's talking about. You have the perfect voice, by, by the way. <laughs> when I, that's that's the ongoing joke. When I first, when we were on a podcast network, the, the podcast leader, uh, president, whatever fuck it was, he was like, well, go check out the other hosts on the network. And I went and checked them all out. I'm like, okay. And I get to Scott. I'm like, God, this fucking guy's going to put me to sleep. So boring. Because he has such a beautiful, <laughs> no, no, not because you're boring, because you have such a beautiful, like, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a dive. And deep into our brain and everything else, and then uh, meditation. I was like, "Holy shit!" And I, I'm like a fucking bull in a china shop. You can already tell who I am. And I was like, "Holy shit!" But we were combined because we. I mean, I've learned so much from him, and that's the beauty of it. But yeah, talk to us about that. Sorry, side joke. <laughs> so the hurt. Uh, I was just gonna say, I play. I play hurts music in my house. I don't watch a lot of TV, so I'll turn the TV on to YouTube and I'll run around and do my stuff. And whatever I need that day, if I'm feeling anxious or if I need root chakra stuff or if I want to manifest money, I just turn that music on and I I based in it. That's what I. That's mm. what I do. I I do a lot of focusing on what I want to accomplish and the energy that I want to flow from me and to me. And if we're not doing that on a daily basis, then we're just walking around with blinders on and we're letting shit hit us from all different directions. And we don't even know what shit is hitting us. Yes. So. We got to be mindful about this. So my last question, cause we've already been talking for 54 minutes and 12 seconds. My last question is, oh, that's, that's a three part question. So your daughter's name, how old she is, and what are you doing to break the generational cycles of the stuff that you have experienced in your life? Oh, Carson, she's 16. Okay. Um, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of dialogue Good. around this situation. So, because um, my mom's very clever, so she'll she'll play us against each other. So if she says something. Like the other day, she said to me that she thought that me having her text me for permission to take my daughter somewhere, she didn't have to do that. Like she was, she shouldn't have to do that. Like she was a baby. So I went to my daughter and I'm like, do you feel like a baby that I'm making your grandmother text me to ask to see you? 
So she's like, yes, because guess what? That's what my grandmother made her, or that's what her grandmother made her feel like. So I have to say, you know, I have to say, listen, them having to text me for permission to see you, it has nothing to do with your behavior and everything to do with theirs. Yeah. So we have definitely, since it's separate, my family has been convinced that I'm the turmoil. I'm the one that causes all the trouble. But now that it's separate, I worried about my daughter going over there without me, but it's actually kind of a blessing because she goes over there and she wants to come home because it's hectic and toxic and weird. And then, you know, she comes home and it's not. So (laughs) the big, it's a big difference. So just keeping it mellow, having conversations Reiki. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, my other question for you, while Scott disappeared, I think his battery probably died. What is Reiki? So uh, for people who might be not, not well versed on this, I'm, I'm barely versed on it, but what is Reiki? Cause we keep talking about it. I want to make sure people understand what it is. It's an ancient Japanese form of energy healing. Um, it can be done by touch, actually laying the hands on, or it can be done virtually sent. Yeah. Distance. So it's just moving energy, working with energy. So for people who are like me, like I was, because I had somebody tell me originally, like my cat was dying, like, I'm going to do Reiki on your cat. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, literally, I've been, the, I've been the, like, literally when Scott would know this about me, like literally my tagline is I help people overcome their self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. <laughs> Scott was the fluffy bullshit, the meditation, the chakras, the sit Indian style, the, the, I was like, fuck all that shit, man. I know what to do to get you to be successful. But in that point, in that moment, I was like, okay, how can I expand my, my, my possibilities and express? And so he educated me on this, all this other stuff. So how does that work from a, from a more spiritual level? Well, I think for like you, you're very different. I'm having a reverberation. It's got come back. Okay. For you, I think you're very different because you are a take the bull by the horns kind of person. And you're like, I'm going to take control of this. But uh, so many people that I work with, especially women, they don't even, they don't even know, you know, Scott's talking about who you were or who you were supposed to be. They don't even know who they were. Yeah. They have no idea. They don't know what they like. They don't know what they might like. I'm like, you're going to need to go through like, some lists and go, Oh, that might be fun. And go figure something out. Like, I mean, people are that pressed down. So remind me what the question was. I got off track. <laughs> no, I, was talking about, I was talking about Reiki and what, like the, what, what the, what the actual core of it really is. Because oh. I've had people like, when I, like, I'm going to do Reiki on your cat. I'm like, how the fuck can you do this? Well, like, I mean, like okay. distance, like how can you, how can you help my cat? How can you help me? Some people need the energy move. Some people will, some people will stay in that and not know, they won't know that they're blocked. They won't know why they're blocked. They won't have any idea how to get out of it. They don't have the drive that you have. I'm a lot like you that way too, but I'm also a lot like Scott because I do like, I think that my sisters did not have the drive and the ambition that I did. I think that's why they're stuck where they are. I had the drive and the ambition to pull myself up out of that. But then also I need that. I need that fluffy stuff. I need it. Otherwise I could throat punch some people. <laughs> That's my girl right yeah. there. Throat punch. I love that. I got kicked off of Facebook for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Kylie, we've been talking for 59 minutes. I appreciate you so much. We appreciate you so much. Um, you're a breath of fresh air and love your, your unique style. And the fact that you're so vulnerable here today with us, we appreciate that because that's what re- me and Scott really started this thing for was the fact to have like pure vulnerable conversations that we can feel that can impact people that are watching and listening, whether they're listening, watching right now, whether it's two weeks from now, two months from now, that ultimately somebody's going to hear this conversation with you and be like, wow, I resonate with Kylie. So how can people get in touch with you and continue the conversation with you? Where, 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 and you can find me, Kylie Ebersole Bruner on Facebook or uh, Life Shifter, Kylie Bruner Life Shifter, or obviously my uh, emails there. <laughs> we got your Facebook, we got your, yeah. you got your uh, website, and then we got you on IG. And Instagram. if they're, you know, if they're looking at your Facebook and, and, you know, got to this by that, you can always just click on my name and friend me, tell me what's going on, and we will go from there. 
Yes, yes. You're a beautiful soul sister. You are a part of the Unfiltered Crew family now. Definitely. Thank you, Scott, for bringing her into the conversation. Thank you, you Kyla, for being here. We appreciate it. We're going to place you backstage here just for a second. Don't go anywhere. Me and Scott are going to finish out the show. We still want to talk to you. So thank you. You're a brilliant soul. I love the fact that you're doing this. Whatever I can do to support you, please let me know because this is a family situation now. Um, And so we're all together in this. So thank you for being the the light that shines. And uh, I'm so happy for the fact that you're taking care of your daughter and that she's going to be the next generation that's going to end this curse. So thank you for being here. We're going to place you backstage for a second and we're going to end up the show. Don't go anywhere. There we go, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for bringing Kylie on to the show. This is an amazing conversation. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because when I just got kicked off and I disappeared for a second, she was literally just about to explain what she was planning to do um, as far as breaking the generational curse. Yeah. The power of that generational curse, like all jokes aside, think of what we were just talking about. We were talking about energy being real. We're all energy. She was about to say how she's about to stop doing that. My computer made this loud noise, blue screened and shut down, went like crazy. And I'm not joking. I literally think because as we do that, we create so much power within us. There's so much energy to say the buck stops here because a lot of us have heard the, the concept of when I heal myself, I heal my lineage, lineage backwards and forwards. So when you heal your mom heals, you talked about it. It's kind of like two people swimming in a pool. If you hold each other, you'll drown each other. But once you separate and go out and, and live, the other person realizes I need to do that too. And that can happen in reverse. Those be, be, who came before us can literally heal by knowing that their efforts got to us to heal. And I think that blue screen and that shutdown was indicative of the buck stops here. So the, yeah. that's it, man, right there. And I think Kylie was amazing. And I'm excited that she's stopping that curse like we do the thing. So. Hell yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about like being aware. I think the the first part of the equation is like, am I aware that this is going on? Yes. Okay. Next step. Am I, am I willing to do the things that I need to do to break that curse, to break that generational cycle? Am I willing to go through that hardship? Because ultimately at the end of the day, some people aren't, they're just going to be like, oh yeah, I guess this is just part of the, the equation. Like my mom told me like many times she's like, don't ever, don't ever have kids. I can't remember if I ever told you this. Yeah. She would literally like tell me like, don't ever have kids. And I'm like, why? She goes, because abuse runs in our family. I'm like, no, it's not like fucking cancer or heart disease. I said, you made a choice to beat the shit out of me. You made the choice to hit me with your fucking keys. You made the choice to hit me with a full can of Coke and make my head bleed. You did all those things. You chose to do that because you didn't want to do the fucking work on yourself. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm going to be the guy that's going to break that generational curse in that cycle. Because once we decide to do that, then all bets are off. And the fact that what Kylie is doing with her daughter, 16 years old, She's going to set her up for success. And who knows which generation out of that family culture is going to be the people that are going to be standing on stage saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is what love looks like. This is what embracement looks like. This is what tolerations look like. And so that's the beautiful thing that we all get to choose in our own journey, the victim victor situation. Am I going to be a victim? Am I going to like my sister? Like when she was talking, I could hear my sister. I'm like, holy fuck. Like she didn't spend any time with us. She left when she was 16 years old. I met her when she was 40 something and she was exactly like my mom. I'm like, how in the fuck did this happen? And literally for her to ask that question, like baby brother, how did you wind? How did you not like wind up like mom? I'm like, because I fucking chose not to. That was it. That was literally my answer. I was like, I chose not to. She was batshit crazy. She fucking lost every man in her life. She got fired from every job that ever she had. She was miserable. She had to put on airs about who she was to make her ego seem better. I'm like, no, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be real. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to be on antidepressants, whatever I need to do in order to break that curse. And I'm so happy to and, and proud to really probably say that probably one of the most proudest things that I am is the fact that I'm not an abusive parent. Yeah, exactly. So thank you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. I've got Robert in the house. What's up, Robert? We got hooked on humanity. She was on our show last week. Nelly, what's up, Nelly? She says, hello, all. Robert, I'm going to go back and, of course, as always, uh, talk about your your comments here, man. Sometimes you have comments that make sense, and sometimes, quite honestly, you don't. So I'm just being real. But, man, I just appreciate you so much for being here, always supporting the shows. I'm going to be on a uh, podcast with Robert talking about men's mental health here in a couple of weeks, I think on November 23rd. But thank you guys for being here. And as always, if you're watching this on the replay, if there's any questions you have, please ask us because this is a community. This is a family. And we do this because we all need to heal. We all need to have the opportunity to have a safe space to say what we really feel and mean and be able to have reap have have feedback in how we can grow and prosper from all those different things so thank you guys all for being here as always go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com 
www. There it is on the screen, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Scott and I are going to continue to bring you amazing guests, amazing conversations, amazing opportunities for you guys to grow and lift yourself above the, the, the bullshit that you have in your life right now. And we just want you to communicate with us and let us know what you want to see on the show, what type of topics you want to see on the show. And we will continue to be here every single Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you guys can always check out the, the previous shows on www.theunfilteredexperience.com. And we love you. And Scott, I just got to tell you this, man, from the bottom of my heart, I just appreciate you so much. I mean, you're a brother to me. When I first heard your voice, yes, I thought you were melancholy. I'm like, oh my, but you are just a soul brother to me. I love you so much and I appreciate you everything that you do and everything that you say. And I know together we're going to continue to raise the vibration of this planet and make this world a better place. I hope you have an awesome time with Kim and uh, tear it up and have a great time. But any final thoughts before we close it out? Love you too, brother. Appreciate all that right back at you and have a beautiful Friday evening and go enjoy your child. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm going to go have a couple more drinks before I go deal with him. But... Before they get back and then you'll have fun playing some toys with them. That'll be great. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful experience. I mean, I, I it's just, Stop. it's challenging for me because I have my own certain habits and, and clicks. And then all of a sudden it's my wife and my son that are the disaster areas that I have to deal with my own anxiety. So it's all part of the growth process. It's all part of the process. You know it. I know it. Enjoy the moments because they'll be gone so soon. So. Yes, yes, yes. And coming up next week, we have Joshua Marks. Do you want to tell us about Joshua Marks? Because I believe he was a recommendation. Ooh. You know, so the two cents, I'm going to just the, the real quick explanation of Joshua Marks. So Joshua Marks um, made a decision to quit everything he was doing, and he made a pilgrimage to the origin of rap in New York City. And he wanted to live in the areas where all the rappers were from and find the studios because he wanted to get to the soul of rap and he wanted to start integrating important lessons that weren't in rap, like treating, you know, um, be, making money important, not money important. Like I want a lot of money, but how do I manage my money? How am I a better person? So he wanted to go in and start finding ways to influence rap. I'll let him tell the story, but he told it to me at the gym and I'm like, you need to be on this show. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But. He's got a heart of gold and he's got a very unique way of wanting to go about and do it in the vehicle of rap. I just thought it was interesting. And he's from like Minnesota in the middle of nowhere, going to New York City to try to influence rap. When you meet him, he's just he's hilarious, awesome and a heart of gold. So I love it. I love it. So next Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, put it on your calendars and we appreciate you guys. Always go to www.theunfilteredexperience and comment and we appreciate you guys. Go out and have a brilliant weekend. Engage with your, your family and your brothers and sisters because life is short. We love you guys. We'll Peace. see you next time. Love you.